Greetings, people loved by God. Welcome to worship on this fourth weekend after Pentecost. I wish you all a happy Father's Day weekend as we celebrate the gift that God gives us and the blessings of fathers. We welcome everyone to worship this day, those who are here in the church building and those who are gathered online. For those worshiping with us online, remember to go to the website, chapter of the, chapelofthecross.org, and you will find the bulletin for this service under the resources tab and options for giving your offering to the Lord under the Give tab. A couple of announcements for you today. We welcome a special guest today, Dr. Kent Burleson, Professor of Systematic Theology at Concordia Seminary. As Pastor Lesh is out of town, Dr. Burleson will be our liturgist and celebrant this day. And we thank you, Dr. Burleson, for being with us and serving us with us here at Chapel of the Cross today. As we move into a new phase in our nation and community regarding COVID recovery, the Board of Elders has implemented a plan to move back toward normal in our worship and fellowship here at Chapel. The outline of the plan is in your Chapel Weekly, and I encourage you to take a look at that. I want to highlight just the first stage of that plan. Beginning next weekend, we will begin singing all hymns together as a congregation and passing the offering plate. Ushers will also distribute bulletins and the record of fellowship will be returned to the pews. Thank you for your patience and your flexibility as we navigate these changes. May God bless you as we worship this day. We begin our worship by listening to our opening hymn, How Firm a Foundation. If you're using your hymnal at home, that is hymnal number 728 in the Lutheran service book. May God bless our service this evening. great joy to be with you this evening, uh, people of God here at Chapel of the Cross. I invite you to stand as you are able. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. 
that if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing uh, the hymn of praise that's sung by the soloist. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, the powers of the universe are subject to you. Help us to find peace in your Lordship. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading for this Sunday is from Job chapter 38. Then the Lord answered Job out of the storm. He said, Who is this that darkens my counsel with words without knowledge? Brace yourself like a man. I will question you, and you shall answer me. 
Where were you when I laid the earth's foundations? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set, or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together, and all the angels shouted for joy. Who shut up the sea behind doors when it burst forth from the womb? When I made the clouds its garment and wrapped it in thick darkness? When I fixed limits for it and set its doors and bars in place? When I said, this far you may come and no farther, here is where your proud waves halt. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We speak responsibly together, Psalm 124. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us. When their anger flared against us, they would have swallowed us alive. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord, who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird out of the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken, and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The epistle reading is from Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, the sixth chapter. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. We put no stumbling block in anyone's path so that our ministry will not be discredited. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships, and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments, and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights, and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience, and kindness, in the Holy Spirit, and in sincere love, in truthful speech, and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonor, bad reports and good report, genuine yet regarded as impostors, known yet regarding as, regarded as unknown, dying and yet we live on, beaten and not yet killed, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, poor yet making many rich, having nothing, and yet possessing everything. We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and open wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. As a fair exchange, I speak as to my children. Open wide your hearts also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I invite you to stand as you are able for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the fourth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, 
Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We confess together the faith of the Church Catholic through the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Grace, mercy, and peace from our triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And God's blessings to all fathers this weekend that we recognize and celebrate the fathers who raised us in the faith. The story of Job is a story that's very familiar to us. God asks if Satan, in his wanderings, has seen God's good servant, Job, and observed Job's righteousness. Satan knows about Job's wealth. And so Satan challenges God that the only reason that Job is faithful to God is because of Job's wealth. Satan tells God that if you let me take that faith away, and Job will curse you to your, his, your very face. God allows Satan to test Job by taking everything that Job has but Satan cannot physically harm Job. In other words, God will allow Satan to tempt Job to curse his creator. For Job's first test of faith, in less than a day, Job loses everything he owns, sheep, cattle, his children, everything. But Job, instead of cursing God, he praises the fact that it is God who gives us our daily needs. And it is, in fact, God can, that can just as easily take them away. Job's faith leads him to understand that God's hand is at work in this. Job's faith in God is his comfort. It's his peace. 
just as it should be for us when temptations and evil attacks us today. When temptation comes, we actually have a choice. We can live by faith and the love of God and choose to live in the cross of Jesus. Or we can choose the law of my wants, needs, and desires. Job chose to love God and stay by the cross of redemption that is God's love shown through Christ. Job's second test was harder. God allows, God allows Satan to test Job physically with the only exception is that he cannot take Job's life. Now we're not told the nature of the disease that Job had, but there are descriptions in scripture that tell us that among other things, Job became skeletally thin. He smelled badly. And the sores that, were, that covered him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, when they did peel, left black skin behind. Job was in bad physical stress. And it finally breaks down Job's resolve. But Job does not curse God. But instead, he believes God has turned on him. And Job eventually questions God on why God is doing this to him. And this is similar to the cries we make today when we suffer. Whenever something goes wrong for us, especially if it goes really bad or we get really sick, the first thing we go to is that we must have sinned. God must be angry with us. Well, we do sin, but that's not always why we're being tested. If we cling to the cross and believe that Jesus suffered and died and was buried and he rose for our sins, aren't we righteous in God's sight? We are, in case you're wondering. But we're no, we also know that we're not righteous on our own. But we are made righteous through Christ and his suffering and resurrection. Now, do you really think Satan is that happy about your conversion and your faith in Christ? He will come, and he will tempt us to separate us from our Savior. Now, if we live by the law of our wants and needs and desires, then we tend to expect and expect to get exactly out of life what we put into it. If we go to church and pray and love Jesus, our lives should be smooth sailing, happy until the day we die. And then we go to our reward in heaven, happily ever after. You know, when we think this way, God has a way of tapping us on the shoulder that will set us straight. When God corrected Job with some very pointed questions that he absolutely knew Job couldn't answer, and we can't either for that matter, God was not chastising Job, but he was showing Job his love. And God did this by showing love and not answering Job's questions. And in fact, God didn't even inquire into, as to how Job was feeling. What God's questions did is let Job and us know that we will never understand the ways of our Lord and God. What God did for Job is succeed in bringing Job to complete faith in God. That increase of faith was the real gift of grace to Job. Now, we know the story of Job, so we know that there's more to the ending than Job's grace. Job got back everything he had lost and more. But we need to remember that the riches that Job received were not a reward that was earned by Job, but was literally given to him in God's grace. Now, many people leave Job's story with a different question. And that question is this. Why does God test us? Well, first, the good news. I treat temptation and test as the same thing. But we know from our catechism class that God does not tempt us. But he will allow Satan to test us in order to draw us closer to him and to move us further away from our enemies. And what enemies, you might ask? Satan and his minions, 
the world in our own flesh, our sinful desires, death and hell, fear and anxiety, and fear. Fear is an extremely useful tool for Satan and his minions. When we're overcome with fear, we lose control of our emotions. We, all we want is to be extracted from the scary situation. And when our wants, needs, and desires take over, we can sometimes grab for whatever is the quickest remedy to our problem. What is more important is that we forget the person who can save us in the first place, the person that knows what it's like to be scared, the person who knows who is there for us when we are afraid, and that's Jesus. Jesus knows our fears, and he knows our weaknesses because he walked the earth. He suffered temptation. He suffered fear. He suffered pain. He suffered agonizing death on the cross and rose from the dead so that we can kneel at the cross in times of fear and be comforted that he will lead us through the temptations, the tests, and fears in our life. Also, he can draw us closer to him. Jesus is here for us when we are afraid so that we can draw on him through faith to give us peace. Even when we're so afraid, we forget he is there for us. And we're not the only ones that forget about our Savior when fear takes us. The disciples knew fear on occasion. And just as we do today, the disciples forgot the promise of our Lord in the book of Isaiah. But now, this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Our Lord is our only safe haven because God keeps his promises to us. And this promise from our Lord was forgotten by the disciples the day that Jesus preached and taught from the boat on the Sea of Galilee. Now Jesus has spent the day teaching a large crowd on the shores of Galilee. The crowd became so large that our Savior got into a boat, launched it, and taught from the sea. Among the topics that Jesus taught the crowd that day was the parable of the sower, so that they to help and explain to the crowd why not everyone that hears the gospel bears, believes it and bears good fruit. And this problem is not lost in our world today because there are times when we fail to bring forth the fruits of our own faith. When the day's preaching and teaching was head-ended, Jesus wanted to cross to the eastern shores of Galilee. Now, this was not expected to be a difficult journey. It was a nice, peaceful sea. Four of the disciples can sail. It's a great ending to a blessed day of spending the good, spreading the good news of the gospel. Now, as the boat sailed across the sea, a sudden storm arose. The storm increased in strength and intensity, and in fact, the waves crashed over the boat to the point where the disciples thought the boat would sink. And it caused the disciples to fear for their lives, as any of us would if we were in the middle of a sea, the sea, and our ship was about to sink out from under us. The disciples looked for their teacher and found that their Lord was sleeping on a cushion. Jesus was sleeping? Well, why wouldn't Jesus be sleeping? He had just spent the day teaching and preaching the saving news of salvation. Jesus had cared and loved those who gathered, teaching them of the kingdom of heaven. Of course he was tired. Jesus was sleeping during a fierce storm. And why not? Four of the 12 disciples knew how to sell. They were fishermen before they were disciples. Why should Jesus be worried about it? He's in good hands. So he figured, so Jesus decided to rest until they reached the eastern shore. 
But the disciples were afraid. And just like that, Satan found a way to try and cause the disciples to lose faith in their Lord that loved them enough. Satan made the disciples, or he at least he attempted to make the disciples think that Jesus didn't love them, that Jesus couldn't keep them safe. They forgot the good news that Jesus was the Son of God sent to redeem them. Forgotten were the lessons of faith. There is only fear as the cr disciples cry. Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? Now earlier, Jesus had told the disciples, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. Jesus is explaining to the disciples that he is the secret of heaven. And he is the way to salvation. But the disciples can't understand this yet because their faith is not strong enough yet. Jesus, just like his father did with Job and with us today, will use this misfortune for the good of his disciples to increase their faith in him. Because our Savior is true man, he can understand our fears. But Jesus is also true God, who has the power to turn our fears into peace and joy. When Jesus woke up, he did not ask the disciples why they were afraid, because he knew why they were afraid. He knew exactly what was wrong. Jesus rebukes the wind and tells the sea, Peace, be still. Just like, he would, just like he would address a person. And instantly the, sea, the storm ceased. The seas went smooth. The wind died down. And just as he had cured people of afflictions and cast out demons on his word, nature itself shows it too obeys our Lord. Having shown that nature at this point shows a greater recognition of his divine nature than his own disciples, he asked them, why are you so afraid? Jesus has told him who he is. Jesus has told him why he's here. And it's not that disciples did not want to have faith. Just as Jesus has explained in the parable of the mustard seed that we heard in the sermon last week that some, something that's as small as a mustard seed can grow into something exceptionally large. In fact, the mustard plant is the largest plant in the garden, as we learned last week. And in that same way, faith can start out small, but it can also grow with the teachings of the Holy Spirit. Faith also grows when it is tested. This is our good shepherd using the storm to gather his disciples closer to him. Jesus is teaching his disciples who he is, allowing their faith to grow daily as they see not only Christ's miracles, but hear the word of God, which will grow their faith. Jesus used something bad, just as he did with Job, by allowing Satan to test both Job, the disciples, and us. And even though the disciples were so scared that they, they were afraid Jesus would let them die, still knew to turn to their Lord for help. Just as we know today, we can turn to Jesus for help. And Jesus continues to calm the storms in our lives every day, just as he calmed the storm some 2,000 years ago. Our good shepherd shows us daily that he is the way, the truth, and the light in a world of darkness. Now, we will not get to see Jesus personally as the disciples until the day of his return for us. And all believers, and then on that day, take us home to the home that Jesus has prepared for us. But Jesus not only gives us a means to see him every, but Jesus gives us a means to see him every single day. Jesus gives us the opportunity also to be that means for others. Because we have faith in Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, our faith produces the fruit of our Savior. 
And our Savior uses it to show the world his love to others on earth. The father who spends time with his children, teaching them during confirmation. The father teaching their children to swim. The mother that sits up all night with a sick child. The father that fixes his wife breakfast because she was up all night with a sick child. All these acts are the means of Jesus that he uses to take care of his flock. The absolution that you received in the stead and by the command of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that's a means of grace that Christ has made for us, using called pastors to spread his word. The gift of the Lord's Supper that we will participate in after the petitions we send to God in prayer. The calming effect of a word from a friend when you're feeling stress that comes out of nowhere are all means that our Lord uses for us to keep us close to him until he comes for us at time's end. And on that blessed day when Jesus comes for us, we will not be afraid because we know that we are his children of his flock. He knows us each by name and he calls us to him. And through the love given to us by Jesus and the Holy Spirit who guides us, we need not fear. God has promised in the letters to the Hebrew, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. And God keeps his promise. In the name of Jesus Christ, who calms our fears with faith, amen. and the bulletin Be Still My Soul
Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Let us pray for the church here and around the world. Heavenly Father, when we shrink from indifference, face ridicule, or fear persecution, Remind us of your strong power to calm storms and control all things. Forgive us. Give us the peace and comfort that we need. And increase in us the desire to do your will in extending the kingdom of God. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for the nations of the world. When peoples rise up against each other, Almighty God, empower their leaders and governments to bring conflicts and wars to a peaceful end. By your Holy Spirit, move them to seek peace and pursue it, to provide for the common welfare and to meet the needs of all their citizens. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for those who are persecuted for their faith. O oh God, may the Holy Spirit enable all who profess belief in Christ Jesus to withstand the condemnation of this world and face the trials that come because of their trust in the saving grace of the Savior. Strengthen their faith and help them withstand the doubts that may assail them Give all believers the courage and the strength to stand up for Christ, even unto death. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for peace and justice in our world. O God, you made us in your own image and redeemed us through Jesus, your Son, even as we remember and commemorate the end of slavery in the United States 156 years ago, we ask that you look with compassion on the whole human family. Take away the arrogance and hatred that sometimes infects our hearts. Break down the walls that separate us. Unite us in bonds of love. And in spite of our sin, struggle, and confusion, Work to accomplish your purposes on earth, so that in your good time, every people and nation may serve you in harmony around your heavenly throne. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for our nation as summer activities begin. Lord Jesus, we pray that vacations may be filled with opportunities to experience your gracious hand in the created world around us. Grant us times of refreshment and relaxation, days of deepening family ties and friendships, and rest from the strain and stress of daily living. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us pray for all who are facing sickness or infirmity including former Lutheran High School North Band Director Kenneth Fuchs and Jackie Myers, the mother of Sue Sistek, who is in the hospital. In your merciful kindness, Lord, relieve the pain and restore the health of the sick. Grant them your abiding presence and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Let us give thanks for his special blessings that he gives to all. Gracious God, we rejoice with Bud and Gail Schultz as they celebrate their 65th wedding anniversary this week. May they continue to honor and glorify you as you continue to lead, guide, and bless them. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 
Let us give thanks for fathers. God of grace and mercy, on this Father's Day weekend, we praise and thank you for all earthly fathers through whom you have given us the gift of life. Make them examples to us of your fatherly love and help them to proclaim to their children your mighty deeds in Christ, bringing them up in the nurture and instruction of the Lord. Lord, in your mercy, into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. We celebrate the sacrament of the altar. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
I invite us now to eat together the body of Christ. And I invite all of us now to drink together the blood of Christ. I invite you to stand as you are able. Let us pray. O God, the Father, the fountain and source of all goodness, who in loving kindness sent your only begotten Son into the flesh, we thank you that for his sake you have given us pardon and peace in this sacrament. And we ask you not to forsake your children, but always to rule our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit, that we may be enabled constantly to serve you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And receive the blessing of our God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Amen.